Today's first reading is on page 692 of the Pew Bibles. We will read Isaiah chapter 6, verses 8 through 10. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And I said, Here am I, send me. He said, Go and tell this people, Be ever hearing, but never understanding, Be ever seeing, but never perceiving. Make the heart of this people calloused, Make their ears dull, and close their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn and be healed. This is the word of the Lord. Today's sermon reading is on page 1001 of your Bible, and we will read Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, to the very end of the age. This is the word of the Lord. Today we have a guest speaker, George Verwer, who is the founder of Operation Mobilization, and um, Lois and I have spent many years there and learned a lot. And uh, so we're very thankful to George and to everyone in OM, and thankful that he's been able to come today to share with us what God is doing around the world. I would like to just pray for him as he comes to preach. Father, thank you again today for this opportunity, and right now we bow our heads, we bow our hearts the very depth of our soul. And we say, God, may you give the right words, may you give the right thoughts, may we hear not only words, but may we hear from you. Bless him and bless us in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it's a special blessing to be back at this amazing church once again. I had the privilege of being with you when you had that amazing Brazilian pastor some years ago for the whole missions weekend and it was a very special time and then I was back once since then. I know of course many new people as people come and go especially English speakers here in Zurich. I'm celebrating 60 years of regular visits to Switzerland. A bit ashamed that I don't speak either one of the three languages, but uh, my European career or ministry started 62 years ago in Spain, so I speak Spanish, and by the way, if any of you read Spanish, I have a lot of Spanish books I'm trying to give away. Uh, Pastor Dennis can give you my email. Also, I had a whole load of English books that I brought with me from London, and they seem to have disappeared, but instead I have all these German books. So some of you know German, or you have a German friend. Two of my latest books, uh, Messiology, and uh, uh, one that came before that, about brokenness and Jesus. Um, You can just take one as a gift. 
We don't want any money. This is today is my birthday, and on my birthday, I always give away things. So uh, I'd appreciate, however, if you didn't ask me how old I was. But uh, anyway, we would love to give you one of my books in German, and maybe you could pass it on to a German friend. But probably you already maybe have some books from the last time I was here. You've not read them yet. But if any of you would like any of my books in English, I think there may be one or two of you that follow me on YouTube, as every week I do a 15-minute YouTube blog. So uh, it's special to be back, and it's great to be with my close friend Dennis, who we used to work for 20, 30, 40 years, hand in glove, and I haven't seen him very much in a long time, so it's great to see Dennis and Lois. And my message uh, is very much tied into the song we sang. What is a fisher of men? It's, a, it's my own story. I wasn't from a Christian home. Uh, I did go to a very, very liberal, extremely sleepy uh, Reformed church in my little hometown of Wyckoff, New Jersey. And um, it was like a social club. So I became president of the Youth Fellowship. I became the assistant to the pastor, but I didn't actually know Jesus. I had religion without reality. I had the words and the songs, but without the great gift of salvation. And then in an amazing way, a woman of God who lived near my high school, uh, she uh, heard about me. I was causing a little bit of difficulty as I was a bit of a fool. I'm always chasing different girls. And so she put me on her Holy Ghost hit list. Uh, a church we call it a prayer list. And she not only prayed that I would become a Christian, she prayed that I become a fisher of men. She prayed that I would become a missionary. She prayed, Lord, send him. Thought maybe she didn't want me in her town anymore. Lord, <laughs> send him. And then she put action into her words, and she sent me a Gospel of John. By the way, we today supply free Gospels of John all over Europe, especially in English. If you could ever use a, f a few Gospels of John, we're sitting on 20, 30,000. Not easy to get people to distribute, especially, of course, during the COVID period. Around that same time, in a small way, pornography tried to make its way into my life as a 16-year-old. And uh, one minute I was reading her gospel, the next minute I was reading some of these other magazines, mainly just pictures of women. And um, in God's mercy, he sent one of the greatest fishers of men in all history to my city, New York City, Billy Graham. How many of you have ever heard of Billy Graham? Well... What an amazing man who was faithful right to the end. I visited him twice when he was ill, uh, not doing much there in his house, and um, he was still rejoicing in the Lord. So thanks to a proactive business person, I uh, went to a Billy Graham meeting in the big Madison Square Garden fight arena and uh, heard the gospel. I heard a clear gospel. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. 
The Gospel of John was making a huge impact on me, especially verses like, as many as receive him, to them he gives power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. And that night when he called people to come forward and believe on Jesus, he says it's a U-turn. You're going in one direction, you turn and you go in the other direction. And I made only by the grace of God a U-turn. And that very night, I became a fisher of men. First in my high school, where eventually about 125, very non-Christian high school, about 125 over a period of a year, especially in one meeting I had, uh, professed faith in the Lord Jesus. And then I was able to personally have contact with them because fishing for men also involves, and women, getting involved with them. And so my whole life I've been involved with people, amazing people. And some of them I've been in touch with for over 60 years. What a privilege. Some of them I've been in touch with just uh, for five days. As I minister all over Europe, I've been in nine countries in the last two months. And of course, meet so many amazing people. Follow me and I will make you a fisher of men. Of course, in my case, the Lord uh, met me in a powerful way through uh, his word and challenged me about the more unreached places of the world. And so there's not time to tell the story, but number one was Afghanistan. I've had some very good news about Afghanistan even this morning. It's not all bad news, as there is considerable uh, change and there's some freedom and there's Afghans coming to Jesus. We might have an Afghan even with us here this morning. We have 60 plus years working among Afghanistan. Our founder is actually buried there. I'm not going to give you more history because I have a very short message uh, with just three main points. Uh, weeks from now, you probably won't remember anything I say. I notice when I go back years later, I meet someone, oh, I heard you speak. Um, oh, what was it about? Oh, they didn't remember anything I said. They just remembered I wore a global jacket. And uh, I don't look so good in this. It looks, uh, it looks a lot better on people that are, you know, a little uh, heavier, more global in their, in their figure. <laughs> and that, so I actually have some triple X jackets I'm trying to get rid of. So these three main points I hope I can leave with you from the word of God and also from my, uh, in a sense, life story. The first word or phrase, God wants to bless you. Even this morning, he has brought you here because he wants to bless you. There's so much in the Bible about blessing. If you have a chance, read Psalm 67 about God wanting to bless us so that we, in turn, can bless the nations. One of my favorite psalms. I try to especially memorize the Beatitudes. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. My wife and I, in these past years, have had a lot of grief, a lot of mourning. COVID took my sister. COVID took a number of my other friends. Others died of other things. I've just been to a funeral in Norway. I was to another funeral in Sweden. I have another funeral coming up. 
Most of us have been to funerals and, of course, have experienced grief. I remember the words of Billy Graham who said, uh, life at its best is still filled with sadness. And so over the years, as I've seen many sad and tragic things, I've been in about 100 different nations, um, I've learned to process grief. I've learned that grief and sadness is part of our humanness. And we embrace the mystery of it. And verses that especially have helped me are those last verses in Romans 11. Oh, the depth of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments. His ways are past tracing out. We can't figure out what God is doing in Ukraine. A very important place in my life because when I first came to Europe, uh, apart from the Muslim countries like Turkey, Afghanistan, Iraq, and Iran, I had the vision for the Soviet Union. And I was in Spain. I had learned Spanish studying Russian. And I drove through Switzerland a long time ago in the summer of 61 to evangelize the Soviet Union. I was praising God that I got across the border uh, with all these books hidden away in the vehicle. Um, but the next day I made a stupid mistake. All my life I've had what's called a stupidity streak. I talk about it in my new book, Confessions of a Toxic Perfectionist. Of course, it's about God's grace. Some people refuse to read the book because they see the cover, they know they're a perfectionist, and so they won't read the book. But uh, anyway, I made a stupid mistake. I was caught by the KGB, accused of being an American spy in the Soviet Union in the middle of the Cold War. After two more days of interrogation, they uh, gave me a machine gun escort with the help of the Czech police back to Austria. A very humbling experience. And as I went into the mountains, um, humbling myself before the Lord, God met me in, that, in those mountains just over the Swiss border into Austria. He gave me the name Operation Mobilization. He gave me the vision to see Germans and Swiss, British, French, Swedes, Dutch, young people evangelizing and reaching all of Europe with the whole goal that from that group God would call some out for Afghanistan and Turkey and Iraq. It's not time to tell the amazing story, but by the next summer, 200 were in Paris trying to reach 25 million people with literature in all the languages of Western Europe. By the next summer, there were 2,000, and since then, 200,000 people, including a couple of thousand Swiss, have been involved in trained and mobilized in Operation Mobilization. One woman prayed. One woman believed God's word. One woman was ready to receive God's blessing in order to bless the world. My wife and I, married 62 years, have experienced blessing almost every day of our marriage. Not in the absence of mistakes and disappointments. As we discovered early in our marriage how completely different we were, and then we eventually read a book, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. I wish I'd had that book before I got married, but probably would have not got married. I probably... <laughs> Somebody once said that uh, people with a temperament like George Verwer, they really shouldn't get married. They should have like a parrot, uh, you know, or maybe a cat. But God gave me this amazing woman. We now have... Uh, we had three children... 
two born in, one born in Spain, two born in Britain, and five grandchildren, and now six great-grandchildren. And to be honest, the reason I'm here right now in Switzerland partly is because I have three Swiss great-grandchildren. Yeah, I'll be with them very soon. My grandson Jonathan, of course, who went to the ship, he worked very, very hard in the engine room as a welder. If you work hard in our ship ministry, the Lord rewards you uh, with a wife. And so he was rewarded with a Swiss wife. And uh, now they've got three of their own children. God wants to bless you. The second phrase is God loves you. That's the bottom line. Perhaps I should have talked about that first. We discovered in our counseling ministry as that became a vital part of OM that many young people were not sure of God's love. Some were not even sure of their salvation. We have the joy of helping many young people come to that assurance of their salvation. I have written these things that you may know, the Bible says, that you may know that you have eternal life. I guess the best story, and maybe this will be one thing you do remember from our encounter together this morning is about, and some of you have heard it, a family in the thunderstorm, the thunderstorm and the lightning was so bad, even the adults were a bit nervous. And then they realized a little seven-year-old daughter was alone up in the bedroom. They ran up the stairs, they opened the door, they thought she'd be hiding under the bed. There's another flash of lightning. Instead, the little girl was looking out the window they said, oh dear, are you okay? With a big smile, she said, I'm fine. I think God is taking my photograph. <laughs> God loves you. You may have an educational struggle. You may have a disability. You may have some other thing that really bothers you about yourself. I knew something about that in my own walk. But God loves you. We sometimes think certain people are important. That's part of our culture. But in God's culture, you are important. You may be unknown. You may have gone through a lot of rejection. Many people are hurt because they experience uh, some degree of rejection. I had only a little bit of that as a teenager, but it was quite an emotional experience. My wife had much more that emotionally hurt her for life. Her father was killed in the war. Her stepfather was a very abusive man. And she was a hurt and wounded person. So much so that I thought we would have to break off our engagement. There's a film of my life story. I'd be happy to send it to you. And it tells also about my wife's amazing testimony of how she somehow in the quiet of her room, she had all these physical symptoms and in the quiet of her room, she understood the message of Colossians, that we are complete in Christ. In him is all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And she came into an experience with the Lord Jesus. And his all-sufficiency, his grace is sufficient. His strength is made perfect in weakness. And she was wonderfully healed that night of those illnesses and has been an absolute faithful wife to this very needy, not-so-gifted husband for 62 years. God's amazing grace. Maybe some of you are married. Some of you look married. You know, you've got that look 
But, uh, and maybe some of you are having difficulties in your marriage. I'd encourage you, don't give up. Especially keep talking. And keep reading 1 Corinthians 13, which really shows that if we don't have love, and that's got to include our own spouse, then in fact we don't have anything. Some of the strongest words in the whole of the Bible. He loves you. My final sentence is God wants to use you. All my life I've had different struggles and weaknesses, especially almost impossible to not give the second, third, and fourth look at a very attractive woman in the middle of the summer who is dressed with very, very little. And by God's mercy, I started dealing with the problem of lust that could have taken me into the world of pornography in a ruthless way, taking verses like, I buffet my body, I bring it into subjection, lest after preaching to others, I become a reprobate. Little did I dream as a young teenager feeding on the word of God every day that he was going to use me as a leader in what became one of the largest mission movements in history. In India alone, we helped birth over two to 3,000 Churches still have two and a half thousand staff. I stepped out of leadership 19 years ago, but I think the leadership has been better after I stepped down under Peter Maiden and now under Dr. Lawrence Tong. And there's 5,000 people on OM. I pray that some of you or some of your children or grandchildren would consider coming at least a year, especially on our ship as we now have a new ship and are desperate for personnel, even just ordinary young people who are willing to come and be part of the crew. The door is wide open. There's also a thousand Swiss franc uh, scholarship available at present because people have to raise their own support. God wants to use you locally, globally. The Holy Spirit leads different people in different ways. Let's never be judging one another's guidance in our lives. Never, let us never feel a second best because maybe we're working in some ordinary job in Zurich rather than uh, planting churches in Mongolia. We're not only called to evangelize the world, we're called to build this kingdom everywhere. And I'm sure most of you, I hope all of you, are helping to build the kingdom in this challenging mission field of Switzerland. And then the third phrase is from Isaiah 6. It's that prayer, here am I, send me. We used to use this a lot in missions conferences uh, to, um, you know, get people to sign up and become a missionary. But I have a, a broader view of that, of that verse. And um, to me, it's, it's a prayer everyone can pray. Everyone can pray. It's a prayer, a simple prayer of availability. Here am I, send me. Think of the words of Jesus. As the Father sent me, so I send you. And I hope from this morning on, and maybe you've already heard this message, you're already putting this into practice, I hope that you feel and believe you're a sent one. You're a sent one. How many of you can remember, perhaps in a missions event, somewhere along life's road, praying that prayer? Here am I, Lord, send me. How many have ever prayed that prayer? Raise your hand. A number of you, bless you, good time to reaffirm it. Just say, Lord, I'm still available. I'm still available. You never know what surprise. And so as I bring this to a close, I want to ask, I want to ask the rest of you to pray that prayer. He may only send you across the street, 
I was speaking to about 5,000 Germans in a big Pentecost event, of course, north of here. A very strong message. I spoke, I think, for 45 minutes. Of course, I had an interpreter. And um, at the end, I gave that call, as I'm going to give right now, to, to stand and pray, Lord, I'm available. Here am I. Send me. 4,000 German teenagers, young teenagers, stood. Such an encouragement. This idea that God is not working in Europe today is just one more lie of the devil. He has many lies. God is on the move. I live in Great Britain where there's a lot of negative things because some churches close, but we've got thousands of new churches. And we've got every kind of church from every ethnic minority you can possibly dream of. This, in many ways, is the greatest day for global missions. More people are coming to Christ than ever before. More people worship Jesus this past Easter than any Easter in all of history. It may not be true in your small situation, but we need to think globally. That's why I wear this jacket all over the world, to get people to be global in their thinking, to get people to be big picture in their thinking and realize what God is doing. I feel sad that in the country of my own birth, so many even of my close friends have lost their focus. Their focus is no longer mainly Jesus in global missions. Their focus, their focus is politics or, or vaccinations or some other thing that they picked up on the news with an, literally uh, an overflow of fake news and confusion more than almost any time in history. I'd urge you, as you pray, Lord, here am I, send me, to make that commitment, you're going to stay focused. You're going to emphasize the basics of the word of God. There are many different fellowships. God is a God of variety. I talk about that clearly in my book, Messiology. By the way, that's my own word. It's not in the dictionary. I invented it to communicate a truth, a theological truth, that God works in the midst of messy situations. It's based on my George Verwer proverb that no one is reading. Where two or three of the Lord's people are gathered together, sooner or later, there's a mess. I wonder if, ever, if any of you have experienced that with the Lord's people. I won't ask you to raise your hand. Messiology is the basic way that God works. Unity in the midst of diversity. And we're seeing amazing things happen in these days because Hundreds of thousands around the world have prayed, here am I, send me. Actually, in God's work today, the need for finance is five times greater than the need for people. Mission leaders estimate 100,000 are trying to become missionaries, but most of them are not able to find the finance. Only a small number of churches are supporting, relatively speaking, uh, missionaries. And of course, Event, world evangelism isn't necessarily inexpensive. It takes funds to get the Bibles. And millions of new believers don't even have a Bible. So I close in asking you, would you pray a prayer this very hour? Lord, here am I. Send me. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for what you're doing around the world. <clears throat> I thank you for what you're doing in the lives of the people sitting here this morning. And I pray that by your grace, some will take this step of faith to simply be available. Lord, I know in the past, 
many when they prayed this prayer were giving quick assurance that they were already in the right place <coughs> and they must bloom where they are in their tough situation and ready for change in the future. Grant us that grace. Grant us that attitude. Lord, please help us right now. If you'll pray that prayer, <clears throat> I'm not going to call you to come forward, but I'd like you just to stand where you are and pray that prayer in your heart. Here am I. Send me. I'm available. And I want to pray God's blessing upon you. Please do that now. And I'll pray for you. God bless you. God bless you. I wish I could talk with each one for an hour. God bless you. I'm sure some are not standing because I haven't been clear enough in communicating this great truth. That this is a prayer, a step of faith for every believer. You may have fear. You may not fully understand. But you simply want to say, Lord, I am available. I'm scared. I'm a weak Christian. Maybe there's someone that doesn't know Jesus yet. You need to stand and just believe on the Lord Jesus and experience the blessing of salvation that I received 67 years ago that has been a reality every day ever since. Is there anyone else who will stand and pray that prayer? Here am I. Send me. God bless you. Up in the balcony, God bless you. Father, you see those who are standing. You know everything about them. You love them. You want to use them. And I pray, Lord, as it was in Acts 4.31, fill them with the Holy Spirit that they may speak your holy word with boldness. And Lord, as others just want to think more about it because of whatever struggle or difficulty in their life, I just pray that in your timing, they will know the reality of radical commitment, of total surrender to you, and being totally available, even to get involved in global missions in impossible nations, as there are 31 nations that have almost no churches. And we are still crying out, as you taught us in Matthew 9, Lord of the harvest, send forth laborers into the harvest. Can everyone stand? I'd like to just pray a general prayer for everyone. Lord, you know, you know our hearts. We thank you for this great gift of salvation. We thank you that you love us, you want to bless us, and you want to use us. And we just worship you in spirit and truth as we press on in this day and this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you.